We're continuing to look at 1 Corinthians 10 this week. This is day four of our walk through this chapter. This is a day about our freedom in Christ. You have freedom in Christ. And the more mature you become as a believer, the more you realize what that freedom is really all about. The more you realize that it is not the freedom to do what you want, it is the freedom to serve others. The same kind of freedom that Jesus showed, that Jesus had when he walked this earth. Jesus is God. He was free to do anything that he wanted. He chose to serve. And as Paul wraps up his answer to the question, can we eat meat that's sacrificed to idols? It's a question that he started answering way back in chapter 8. As he wraps up and gets very specific about the answer in these verses, there are some overall principles that he's going to talk to us about that have to do with freedom. In fact, verses 23 and 24 contain a couple of those principles. Paul writes, Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. Nobody should seek his own good, but the good of others. Paul writes and he says, You want to live in freedom? Then you have to know the right questions to ask. The right question is not, Is it permissible? Can I get away with it? The right question is, Is it beneficial? Is it constructive? Does it build things up? The right question is not what's best for me. The right question is what's best for others. That's how you live in freedom. That's how you live out who God's made you to be. You stop asking, is it permissible? And you start asking, is it beneficial? Is it constructive? You stop asking what's best for me and you start asking what's best for others. You ask the kind of questions that Jesus asked and then he lived out the answers to those questions. Now, you cannot ask those questions or live out the answer to those questions on your own power. You need God's power. You need Spirit's power. You need the power that only Jesus can give. So you ask the questions, asking for his power to live out a different kind of life. Paul says to those in Corinth, these are the kinds of questions I want you to ask. And then he applies it to their situation. He says, based on those principles, here are the answers to what to do on this question of whether you should eat meat that's been sacrificed in an idol's temple. You know it's not a real idol. You know that the meat can't hurt you, but there are some who believe it is, and so them seeing you eat it might hurt their faith, their direction and their decisions for faith in life. So Paul writes and he says, here's the answers. Verse 25 to 30. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience, for the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If some unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever is put before you without raising questions of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it, both for the sake of the man who told you and for conscience's sake. The other man's conscience, I mean, not yours. For why should my freedom be judged by another's conscience? If I take part in the meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of something I thank God for? Paul writes here and he gives very clear answers. The situation in that day was you would have meat that would be sacrificed in an idol's temple. Then it would be taken to the butcher and it would be sold in the market. And some of the meat there may have been sacrificed in an idol's temple, some of it not. Paul writes and he says, in the meat market, don't ask is this sacrificed in an idol's temple or not. It doesn't really matter. So you just don't say. You just eat it in freedom. As long as you don't know where the meat came from, you eat it in freedom. It's not your responsibility in that situation, Paul says, as a believer, to raise the question of conscience. Because the question isn't about where the meat came from. The question is about what somebody sees when they see you eating that meat. 
So he says, if someone tells you it's been sacrificed, you don't eat it. But here's the key principle. As long as you don't know where the meat came from, you eat it in freedom. When someone tells you it's been sacrificed, then you don't eat it in freedom. That's the key. Both are in freedom. Because they told you, hey, this was sacrificed in an idol's temple, it might hurt their conscience if you ate it. So just don't eat it in freedom. So in both cases, you're living your freedom in Christ. Now, I know that drives some of us crazy. We want freedom in Christ to be like this list, and this is what I can do, this is what I can't do. And Paul writes here and says, sometimes you can eat meat, sometimes you can't, based on the person that you're with, based on what they know, based on the circumstance. He's not talking about circumstantial morality here. He's talking about love. He's talking about loving the person who might be hurt because they saw you eat that piece of meat. Or he's talking about loving the person who might be hurt because they saw you take a drink. Or he's talking about loving the person who might be hurt because they saw you involved in that kind of a business deal or to even talking with that person. For the sake of the other person, for your love, you decide to serve. You have the freedom to serve. You are free to choose to eat and you're free to choose not to eat. Now, here's one of the key principles in these verses. Sometimes your greatest expression of freedom is in what you choose not to do because of love. When I'm immature as a believer in Christ, I think that my greatest expression of freedom is in what Jesus allows me to do. And those in Corinth were feeling that way. We're going to see it next week when we look at what they were doing with worship. It got pretty crazy sometimes in their worship services because they felt like we're free to do all these things we could never do. It's sort of like that period of time when a kid goes off to college and they might go crazy for a little while because they're free to do anything that they want. And then all of a sudden they realize, oh, wait, wait a minute, I'm not really free. I'm going to suffer because of this. And maybe really what mom and dad were saying here really made some sense. What they thought was freedom really wasn't. And that was happening in the Corinthian church. And Paul's writing and helping them to understand true freedom. And that often the greatest expression of freedom is in what you choose not to do because of love. That's certainly true for a parent. Just think, as a parent, or those of you who've seen, we've all seen parents who truly love their kids. Think of what they choose not to do because of love. They choose not to buy that car, buy this car, not buy any car at all because I can't afford it. Not to be in this neighborhood, to be in this neighborhood. Not to leave my job and to take a risk right now because I need to support my family. Not to do this, not to do that. There are a long list of things that parents don't do. Not to go out at night on a date because, you know what, the kids are sleeping and we shouldn't probably leave them home all alone sleeping. There's all kinds of decisions, things you choose not to do just because you love. Now, is that slavery? No. That's one of the greatest expressions of freedom. I know that because of Jesus. What's true of you as a parent, or the, you, as you watch parents, is certainly true of Jesus. We see his greatest freedom in what he chose not to do because of his love. He chose not to forego what it meant to be in a human body. He chose not to escape this earth, but to live through all that it means to be a human being. He chose not to call 10,000 angels when he was on the cross, but instead to go through the suffering of the cross and give his life for us. And in that, he chose to love. Now, was Jesus a slave in doing that? No, he was free. He was free to choose. So this idea that freedom means I get to choose to do things that no one else can do, that's a very immature idea of freedom because the depth of freedom and the greatest impact you're going to make with your life, that I'm going to make with my life, is when I choose not to do this 
because I love him, because I love her, because I love you. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you that you chose not to call 10,000 angels to deliver you from that cross. But instead, you suffered for us. You gave your life for us. And help us to see where in freedom we can choose not. Not because someone else has told us we need to live this way. Not because someone else is saying to us, you have to do what I'm saying. But because we in freedom can say no to this. No to this drink. No to this food. No to this relationship. No to this schedule. No to so many things. But not feeling like we're being burdened but instead because we're free. Jesus, show me today. Show us today. What can we say no to in order to love somebody in our lives in freedom? Give us the joy of doing that today, we pray. In your name, amen. Tomorrow, we're going to look together at one final overarching principle for how we exercise our freedom in Christ. (laughs) 